0: San Sebastian de Oeste is a quaint little village high in the mountains of Mexico. This is where our story sits. Caterina is in town. She's not Mexican, or from there, but she loved the name of this Mexican village, so she went there and she stayed, not for as long as she planned, for much, much longer. At first, Katarina had to wait for the rainy months of August and September to pass. The road down the mountain had washed away, and nobody bothered to fix it until the storms were over. Horses and donkey carts brought supplies for the 300 people in town, as they did in past years and as they did in rainy season. During the rainy months, Katarina wrote pages filled with beautiful music. At first, these were classical pieces for piano, for which she had been trained. She made sad or joyful endings to movies that existed, or movies that still had to be made. They were the usual endings, where a war ended, love began, or where a house was sold. The pages and pages of handwritten sheet music were scattered on the floor at first, but they were sorted into piles when they reached a certain stage of completion. Notes or segments were added to certain sections. San Sebastian had the most beautiful blue church. Katerina asked for permission, and she practiced the compositions on the notes of the organ. She always went in siesta time, on a weekday, when the church was empty. She was not Catholic and did not want to be disrespectful as a visitor to the country where she had become an inhabitant without even asking. Nobody asked why she stayed and for how long she planned to be in town. She just stayed. Quite a few of the men in the area played guitar. They were mariachis the famous mariachis of Jalisco province. They kept the tradition with age-old melodies or new tunes. In the evenings, Katarina crept to where they played, in front of an orange restaurant where soft light mingled with the evening mist from the mountains. She sat quietly in the dark and listened to the chord progressions and how the men then harmonized with their deep voices. She discovered new rhythms, which probably arrived from Spain with the explorer Hernando Cortes. Yes, probably from there. At first, she sat very far away. She hid secretly in the darkness of the forest, which surrounded the little village, because in the beginning, the men seized their intriguing play when she appeared. Later, with time, they got used to her. Because the town was cut off from the outside world, it rained and rained and rained, and all the work in the silver mines stopped. So the mariachis tolerated Katarina's presence. The fact that the women in town liked her helped quite a bit. She bothered nobody, always smiled, and she bought good bread, and she was kind to the street dogs. They all accepted Katerina as one accepted change. It was easier that way. Katerina took pen and paper with her to where the mariachis played. She quietly moved into the light so that she could see what she wrote, and notes appeared on this paper. Everybody let her be, and the men played as if she were invisible. The rainy season passed, the road was repaired, but the guitar notes on paper kept Katrina in the mountains. She interlaced these with the original piano notes, and all the loose sheets of paper now consisted of two lines, and sometimes three. On this third line, she wrote notes to the sound the rain had made, the sound of hard pouring rain on her roof, and the rippling of the streams of water running in small rivers down the street after a storm. All the streets in the village were made of rocks, slightly round, well, round enough, probably made in the 1600s from silver mine ore, and it was just left as it was. The evening mist from the mountains mixed the sounds to a unity. This made Katerina happy and she stayed until the coffee beans turned red, then till they ripened, and then until they were dried in the sun of November. She walked into the forest where a small piece of land had been cleared and turned into a farm. The black coffee beans were picked with great, great care. After drying in the sun, the coffee beans were roasted in an oven, heated by the wood from the forest. The roasted beans were grinded twice, and the coffee aroma hung over the village like the smell of the forest did, the coffee smell mixed with fresh cinnamon. Frederico added this. He did this at the end of the coffee season with a large, last beans, and roasted them slower and longer. This was a special favor to his mother who remembered this combination from her childhood. San Sebastian was famous for cinnamon coffee. Katarina made a fourth row of notes on every page for the aroma of the coffee, the mist of the mountains, and she mixed this with the strips of sun-dried guava in the beginning of December. The guava picking happened suddenly, and Katarina went with a large group of people Four overly warm days had ripened all the fruits at once, and she had to help. Young men climbed high into the trees and passed the precious soft fruits to the women below. They worked for two full days until the strips of guava had been spread out as flat as possible, on every flat surface, even on the roof of every house. The guava rolls were thicker and tastier than ever that year. More and more guava and coffee notes filled that fourth line. And then Anna became ill. Katarina went to help with the four children because the Christmas food had to be prepared. Anna stayed in bed and Anna gave instructions from there. Katarina listened. She then went to Anna's kitchen and she made the food the way the locals liked it, by following direct orders that Anna gave. Anna's eldest, Carmen, helped. Together they made dough for cornmeal, and they mixed it with water, just exactly as Anna prescribed. Anna's younger children helped. They brought limes and fresh tomatoes and avocados to the kitchen, after first showing everything to their mother. Katarina and Carmen chopped the bright red tomatoes, they mixed it with onions and added hot Serrano chilies. It became a sauce they called salsa, and it made Katarina's eyes water. Next door, the neighbour Adrian worked with his silver. He was a silversmith. He chopped and melted. Adrian made the most beautiful jewellery and he sold this somewhere in a city. In the evenings he came over for dinner at widow Anna's house, as was his habit for many years. He came to show his best work of the day, and sometimes to reprimand Anna's youngest son, because at times this little boy became disrespectful. After dinner, Adrian stayed and visited. The sounds from this silversmith became the fifth row of katrina's symphony the talking and laughing of anna's children and friends in this loving house and all over town became another row all of these merged shortly after new year's katrina went to the church more and more often to play the music it was quiet in the church with a light blue tower the organ was simple and old but the acoustics in the church was the same as the sounds and smells of San Sebastian de Oeste, rich and full and deep and grandiose. Ah, oh, the sound in the church. People came to sit in the church while she played. Initially, Catarina stopped playing when she heard them enter. They asked her one afternoon. To stay and to just play. They admitted that they were not there to pray or to confess. The sounds of the strange music intrigued them and they loved it. The audience grew and they sat silently, lingering for a while after she left. Every night, just before bedtime, the bell of the high old church tower rang for a long, long time. The deep dong echoed into the darkness of the mountains and returned to hang over the small settlement with the evening mist until they fell asleep. Oh, the little town held secrets. Lucia, the woman who stayed the longest time in the church to listen to Katerina's music, this Lucia could sing. Nobody knew this. Katarina found out because one day she heard her while she walked up the edge of the mountain brook to pick avocados. Lucia stood in the river and she sang. It was her job to scrub the restaurant's four tablecloths on Tuesdays and Fridays. She stood with her bare feet in the deep water. Lucia put a generous amount of soap onto the tablecloths and then rubbed them against the rocks of the river. When she was finished, she spread them wide out into the running water to rinse off the soap, and while she rubbed and washed, Lucia sang. Her melodious voice was filled with the sweetness of the pure water and the fresh ferns on the bank. When Lucia saw Katerina, she waved and kept on singing. She did not mind people listening. So, on Tuesdays and Fridays, Katarina went down to the side stream where Lucia sang. She sat on the mosses edge of the water between the ferns to listen on the second Friday. She took paper and she wrote down the joyful notes by the Tuesday. Anna's daughter, Carmen, came with Katarina. She held the pages filled with notes which Katarina passed to her. Anna came too and she brought fresh bread round about four o'clock immediately after they came out of the baker's oven. Anna brought her own chair and she moved it into the deepest shade to sit in silence. Without her children or her friends, she just came to listen to Lucia. Adrian also came to look at Katarina. At first, Adrian stayed far away and he leaned against a tree and stared at Katarina with fascination as she wrote pages and pages and pages of music with her bare feet dangling in the water of the river. Lucia sang. Katarina wrote music. Adrian stared. And Anna? Of course, she smiled. In the rows and rows of written music, Katerina now embedded the dong of the church bell and the river singing. Adrian brought the most beautiful lyrics to Lucia's melodies in Spanish. Piano and guitar now became duets in the village. This village with its coffee aroma, the smell of guava, the orange color of the tablecloths, the bell's dong the light of silver jewelry, and the rain's rhythm. One by one, the symphonies were completed. Just after Easter, they played one of the pieces in the church and Lucia sang. Everybody came to listen. More and more melodies and small little symphonies lingered in town. When everybody went to sleep after the last dong of the church bell, Shortly before the first rain in the summer, the entire town were in church again, this time for a very special occasion. Katerina stood outside the church with Frederico next to her. He was acting as the father of the bride. Katerina looked gorgeous in her white, white dress. Federico walked slowly and respectfully, down the aisle, to the front, to where Adrian waited. Carmen was the graceful bridesmaid, and her younger little sisters, they skipped ahead, and they sprinkled soft rose petals in the pathway of the radiant bride, all the way to the front of the church. Katrina's eyes were soft, Adrian's eyes filled with love. The church bell announced the event with a long, deep dong, a stately gong, and the people in the neighbouring villages smiled when they heard this, because of course the rumour had spread. Adrian was marrying Katerina. Lucia sang. She sang a cappella. Adrian and his Katerina, they knelt close together in front of the altar of the church she now belonged to. After the ceremony, Katrina and Adrian stood in front of the beautiful blue church. Anna sobbed, as the mothers of brides often do, and she fidgeted with a long lace train of the silvery white wedding dress. They all lined up for many photos on the steps of the church, and Anna's busy little boy, even he stood upright and still in a suit. On the village square, there were two rows of tables set for the wedding feast. They were decorated with twelve brand new orange tablecloths. The owner of the restaurant bought these for this special occasion. The tables were covered in food for the entire town, and the flowers had been brought in from the city. It was time to unveil the wedding gift. Money from the entire village, from the coffee farmers and the guava farmers in the area, money from the silver mine, this had all been put together for a good piano, Katarina's piano. Everybody in that entire area wanted to give Katarina something exceptional. Because... She had brought music to their village in the mountains, and to them. Somewhere on earth, a magical piece of music played. It was at the end of a movie, about a lonely woman who searched for happiness and found it high in a mountain. It was a complex, gripping, and heartbreakingly beautiful sound. If you listened well, you could hear the raindrops fall. You could hear the soft dong of a bell. You could almost smell the coffee beans and dried guavas. You could hear the rippling of the water stream. You could see Adrian's smile. You could hear Anna's children laugh. You could see green, green ferns on the side of a river. You could see the orange tablecloths. You could see the beautiful silver jewelry that Adrian made. You could smell the bread. You could feel the passion of mariachi sounds. If you listened carefully and closed your eyes, the evening mist from the mountains hugged you and kept you safe. Every day, all over the planet, millions and millions of people intensely listen to the Symphony of San Sebastian.